Entrepreneur's Podcast. My name is Richard Moore. I'm your host and informant for everything church, theology, and faith-related. Churchpreneur's vision is to accelerate the church in mission, vision, and effectiveness in fulfilling the Great Commission in our communities. Churchpreneur's hopes to embolden people to fulfill the Great Commission beyond their own borders into the rest of the world within this generation. In this podcast, I talk about everything that's moving me in relation to church and theology, hopefully to empower you and your ministry, church, Bible study, theological understanding, and hopefully, more importantly, even your personal growth in Christ. So today, um, I want to do something a little different. I don't often have guests. Um, I just kind of do my own thoughts here and there, and now I'm taking a jump off into different territory. And I'm glad, really, really glad to welcome my guest today. His name is Tilo Teschendorf. He is a German guy. I'm glad to have a German <laughs> guy on the show. Uh, I met Tilo uh, actually through the book I wrote, my book, uh, Divergent Theology, through a mutual, actually a mutual friend. Uh, mutual friend was Jeff Allers, man, represent. Uh, I don't think I give him. I don't think I give him up uh, that bad. But uh, Jeff was a, a friend of mine in Bible college, and has been a longtime missionary in Berlin. And Jeff got a hold of my book. He visited us down here in southern Germany. We're missionaries in Germany. Uh, Tilo is <clears throat> missionary, worship leader, street evangelist in Berlin, and. Jeff, actually, I believe we can tell us your story there, Tilo, but led Tilo to the Lord uh, years ago through basketball ministry, as I understand it, through reaching him uh, in, in his ministry as he was in Berlin. Um, and so, yeah, so Tilo got a hold of my book through his mother-in-law as well. His mother-in-law got my book and they reached out to me and just said, hey, uh, we'd love to get to know you. Would you be interested in coming to to visit us in Berlin. And we said, why the heck not? I mean, we've never been to Berlin and we just really hit it off right away. We met him uh, virtually via the interwebs. <laughs> and uh, then, <laughs> then later physically as we went to visit him, Tilo has two twin boys married to a wonderful girl. And um, yeah, his mother-in-law as well. They all live under one roof, unter einem Dach as we say in German. And uh, so uh, we can throw in some little Germanisms. Why not? Right. It's a uh, so, yeah, exactly. He can do the, he can do the good uh, uh, German, you know, trying to speak English. I can do the good American trying to speak German, but we'll do that. We'll save that for another time. <laughs> we had a wild time. We were, we hit it off right away. I think um, it's, I mean, first night, I feel like uh, we hit it off uh, Tilo and I, and so I'm glad to welcome you. Welcome Tilo. Thanks for joining us. Man, it's such a pleasure. So, so awesome finally to do this with you. Great. So, um, Tilo, you know, Churchpreneur's obvious vision, you hear it in the intro there, is to empower the church. Mm -hmm. So tell us, uh, I think empowerment is just really about hearing people's stories, hearing what people are doing in ministry, right there on the street, right there in your, in Berlin. We were there visiting you, saw it kind of firsthand. We didn't see the uh, the street ministry. I'd love to hear about mm -hmm. this. Tell, tell me, what is your ministry? Tell me everything you're doing in ministry right now. Just 
spill it out. Right. So you're coming in actually to the picture at a very interesting uh, space and time of our ministry and our uh, personal uh, walks with Christ. And it's actually shifting massively right now to a place where we're doing what I'm doing with you right now more than any of the other ministries. So, but I'll take uh, you back a little bit and recap the last, let's say, 10 years in a nutshell. For good, you. So good. We've been, uh, yeah, evangelizing basically on the streets, either just by ourselves, the three of us. Since 2010, I've been part of the ministry. It's called To the Streets. Very simple, very straightforward, and that's exactly what we did. We took the gospel of Jesus Christ to the streets, so very easily uh, just approached strangers. Uh, strangers approached us through uh, certain Amen. initiatives that we did. Um, we had it both ways. We had big groups. We did it by ourselves. We had one-on-one -on -one conversations. We uh, took out creative teams from various ministries like Youth with a Mission. They're very uh, out there and doing a lot of ministry on the streets. And um, so we loved doing uh, ministry with teams uh, that came into town to Berlin. But at some point we felt the urge, hey, we don't want to just be in Berlin and do this here full time. But why don't we take this um, to the road? Right. So we uh, bought a motorhome, uh, an old 19, 1995 or so motorhome yes. with an alcoven with three beds in them basically so and great. my wife and i slept above the driver cabin and um we didn't have bo our boys back then yet they're only two years old and then kim my mother-in-law slept in the back and we had only curtains kind of separating the space so that's like the living situation there you go. <laughs> but we traveled like this into 26 to 28 different countries all over uh, europe and uh, preaching the gospels on the streets of Spain, Portugal. Uh, we were in um, Denmark a wow. lot and doing different ministries there. We've been to the UK and preached all over the place in the UK from uh, London to all the way to Scotland. I mean, it was crazy and awesome. Wow. And what a trip, seriously, to go all over the place just to take- How long were you, how long were you underway altogether? So that time was actually if you look at the whole picture was pretty short like two and a half years to three years yeah, i think pretty short that's i mean who would short say in a sense of uh like t 10 yeah. years of a ministry but that was feels well, like who could bracket. take up two years of their life and do anything like that that's incredible right. i mean you just just that's a i mean that's probably a whole podcast by itself telling us all right. your experiences in those years but and what, what an amazing time, yeah. Uh, and of course, the most shaping time, faith shaping time for all of us. I mean, being and together so worship, so I'm guessing worship ministry, you're, uh, you know, Tilo is a gifted right. worship leader, uh, not anointed, because um, kings are anointed in the Old Thank Testament. Um, prophets. But he's gifted. No, that's not right, <laughs> prophets either. Prophets anointed kings. Right. Yeah, so, and, and then there's the anointed one, mm -hmm. Jesus, Messiah. Um, you are a gifted, very mm -hmm. gifted worship leader. I've been listening to your worship, uh, your most recent album, um, and uh, it's come out in 2016. You can tell us about that. But I'm sure that worship was a big part of what you guys were doing. Always. Um, tell us about that a little bit. Always. We always just uh, tried every day to have a worship time of ourselves, like for ourselves as a team and read the word, let's say in, in the motorhome, let's just take this bracket of time. And then when we out went out on the streets, we basically started off with me uh, bringing my guitar always and just uh, start off with a couple of worship songs and just uh, singing it out, right? Some of them were really like singing out the gospel in a sense, right? Songs mm -hmm. that... Uh, mm -hmm with 
within them, they uh, have the gospel. So it's like preaching the gospel through a song. And some of them were truly um, worship songs, like just praising God for who he is, for what he's done. Um, so that's always been very important. And uh, to me personally, as a musician, I've been a musician before, uh, in the time as being a Christian and uh, shortly before the time that I moved and join, uh, joined in with uh, the To The Streets ministry. I've been like a musician trying to be successful in a secular level. So that always uh, is something on my heart to just worship God, right? Take a minute and, and uh, give a kind of a snapshot. I, your, your story is incredible. It's fascinating. I was really blessed by hearing it, how you, how you found the Lord and, or the Lord found you. Yeah. Um, out of that lifestyle. Tell us a little bit about your testimony, especially with the music uh, background there. Sure. So, um, you know, I was born and raised in the uh, former East uh, part of Berlin, um, and which obviously now we're celebrating 30 years, uh, years of the wall coming down. On, That's like, right. Tomorrow. Right now, yeah, tomorrow Deutsche for us, today is the 2nd of October. And yeah. then Germany was reunified like on the 3rd of October, uh, yeah. exactly 30 years ago. So um, that's crazy to think about that. So shortly before um, I turned uh, five, the wall came down. Um, the GDR, the Russian or um, let's say Soviet regime fell basically mm -hmm. and Germany was reunited. And so I was basically raised in that whole system and society and thinking and uh, mentality. Atheistic. Of atheistic, communistic, yeah. socialistic yeah. environment. So there is no God. You don't talk about God. There's nothing there. So I was basically um, raised as a non-believer. And uh, my parents, as till this day, aren't believers. But um, at the age of uh, 16, um, later on in life, uh, after like not the easiest childhood, but who has an easy childhood? Maybe some people, but especially in the east of Berlin, there's so many stories like mine. So I'm not a un uh, the same. Uh, right. You know, I'm not the the only one telling that story of having different father figures in their lives and men appearing and disappearing. You know, so it's like one of the many yeah. stories. Uh, but what happened basically is at the age of 16, I met this guy whose name is Jeff. Right, and you've heard of him already before his name yep. is Jeff Allers and he just recently moved into the neighborhood where we lived in the east of Berlin and uh, basically what happened there is like he just asked me if he could play basketball with me in the backyard because I was already there jamming yep. it right on this tiny hoop I yep. mean it was literally I could dunk on that hoop that's how small it was <laughs> we, we uh Jeff and I played basketball together actually in Bible College so uh, just yeah yeah, yeah, he's he's amazing. So he's this tall guy. I'm this yeah. little 16-year-old uh, Berlin German kid dreaming of the NBA, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing else on my mind but basketball. That's basically who I am at that time. And always out every day. I'm out for hours playing basketball. So this guy comes down, tall American guy, plays basketball. So I was like, wow, that's my ticket into the NBA, right? For sure. So, <laughs> tall American. He's going he's gonna to introduce me to all the important people, right? Right, <laughs> right. NBA. And he surely, yeah. And in a way he did then to the most important person ever. There you go. Um, yeah. And uh, like a life-changing moment. Of course, he wouldn't hold still uh, for very long and shared that he was a believer in Christ. And that's why he was in Berlin as well. And he spoke German and English. So, but I always wanted to talk English to him and it was a blast right. to be around him. So what I told you before, Richard, is just amazing. So his testimony was uh, twofold. It was with what he said, but what he did as well. So mm -hmm. both things went together. It was authentic in both ways. So he talked about yeah. Christ, but at the same time, he shared Christ through his 
way how he was, how he treated me, um, how he um, basically loved me, uh, accepted me for who I was and didn't ask me to be someone who I wasn't like all of my life. Right. So that was really life changing to meet a person like that. I've never met anyone like this. So, yeah, now this is, I have to pause right here, real quick, sure, and kind of give my, my youth pastor two cents. <laughs> um, man, the, the integrity of youth pastors. Um, I mean, how many of those guys are there out there like that mm. who are just loving young people for Jesus Christ, being authentic right in front of them? How many are there of those guys out there that are called to reach young people like you, use basketball as a, as a means? For me, it was the same. Basketball was just a tool in the, in the master's hands to do with what he wanted. I would go to the parks all the time. These guys are out here doing this, loving people. Mm -hmm. um, not to put Jeff on a pedestal. He wouldn't want me to. Um, and sure not, yeah. embarrassed not, but God bless you, Jeff. God bless you, young men out there, young youth pastors, reaching teenagers. You're doing something. You're reaching the telos of the world. You're reaching, you reach me. Thank you, uh, Phil. Thank you, Chuck, who has gone to be with the Lord. Thank yeah. you yeah. for reaching us. Yeah, that's my two cents. Go ahead. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Every time I tell my story, he's in that story. So he gets not yeah. being there. He gets the honor he deserves, right? And Jeff is just a really sweet guy, very authentic. Yeah. He's a father now of twins himself. He didn't yeah. have kids at the time, and uh, now I'm a father of twin boys. So he's going oh, before me to even live that. that. Super interesting. Some people in my older circles would call that prophetic. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> like a symbol. Okay. God is trying yeah, to tell he, you something, right? That's uh, right. However, just as a joke on the side, but however, so um, after a year of friendship with him and having conversations with him, and things are triggered inside of me that I've already um, felt experienced in a way and was open for and now i had the chance to make a commitment or a decision i never knew that there was a decision to be made right like i could yeah. actually say um ask him into my life or pray a prayer or um show me if you're really there like that kind of thing you know if you're existing god if you're really there show me and i prayed all these prayers i said them all i even asked them for the forgiveness of my sins which i didn't know what it was what sins i had but didn't matter at that moment if i look back on it god did the work in the following two weeks um mm -hmm. i because what jeff did as well on that day was probably one of the most valuable things he could have done is actually giving me my first bible and i could start reading that? for myself so did you get a bible in german or english it was a german bible and yeah. it was uh, the Hoffnung für alle, hope for everyone. Hey, super! And yeah. it's the entrance Bible, basically. The still yeah. today, I think, for any really understandable version. Um, yeah, yeah. And it uh, rocked my world, so to say, um, yeah. because what it did to me is the Holy Spirit used the Word of God to convict me of my um, of my sin, of the things that I've done wrong, and I, I've never seen that before why would you right without god why would you even think of the things unless you're really a bad bad criminal and you had to think about yeah. those things because you're in prison a, uh, I mean, a conv conviction conviction is someone who's a criminal who's convicted of a crime right, right. i mean that's conviction wow yeah but so you started feeling that and experiencing that it was 
crazy to experience that because what it did to me, it humbled me extremely. I started weeping, 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 and I didn't stop weeping for years mm. over my sin and over the pain that I've experienced and then all the healing mm. that I had to get emotionally. And um, so there's a lot of stuff that then happened. So I became a believer of uh, Christ and a follower of Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. soaked everything up like a sponge. So that's the early years. And then what happened after a couple of years is... Uh, um, that I kind of, I think, I guess I grew tired of the stagnant normality of Christian lifestyle in that sense, just going to church. Is that everything? Isn't right. there more, you know, like searching for the adventure? I'm a young guy. I want to see some stuff uh, right. happening. I want to do some things, right? Like going on this road trip to do evangelism, right? That mm-hmm. sounds like a great adventure, what we later on did then. Um, but that's however, where rock and roll came into the picture, right? That's exactly what happened. So I've always been, since I became a Christian, I've always been interested in music and started playing the piano, started playing the guitar right away and worshiping, being part of the church worship, uh, singing harmonies, being part of a gospel choir, which really influenced me as well. For six years on a weekly basis, we would um, rehearse as a gospel choir. I was one of three or four guys, sometimes five. So I really had to learn to sing loud and quickly and uh, on key, on 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 spot and on time. And I had a very good teacher and she's actually a um, pretty successful Christian gospel and jazz singer in Germany. Her name is Zara Kaiser. So shout out to you, Zara, if you hear uh-huh. this for whatever reason. Um, She's, uh, I mean, yeah, it was amazing. And as a really born again Christian, doing ministry like that, again, another amazing tool mm-hmm. to reach young people. Through and another faith. Christian and another touch of, of a Christian in your life. Yeah, Exactly. There's so yeah. many people that, I mean, even before I became a Christian, touched my life through prayer. I mean, yeah. after I became a Christian, I was the first one in that time period that gave their, uh, their life to Christ, um, his life to Christ. And so hundreds of people from the church, from ministries, from all over the world told me, I think even you, I heard that you were praying for those kids in Matsan in East Berlin. Yeah. Right? You I know mean, what? I mean, so we, I followed, one of those. we followed, that's right. We followed Jeff's ministry for years. We were always called to Germany as well as, as, as missionaries. We knew that from the beginning. Um, funny enough, Simona, my wife, um, uh, sang at Jeff's wedding. They were involved in their church together in Columbia, South Carolina. Cool. Um, and as soon as Jeff was on the field, I, you know, we were we were good buddies, good enough to play basketball together. We weren't super close, right? But uh, he was a little older than me, and we we heard that he'd gone back to Germany. I thought, man, that's so cool to go back. To I wasn't called at the time to go to Germany, you know. But once uh, meeting my wife and getting in, involved, my wife's German. So uh, we, we did the opposite thing. You know, you married an American, I married a German. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so it's all balanced out again. Exactly. Black, white. When we, all, when we all got together in Berlin, it was all a good balance, right? Except yeah, we almost awesome. spoke English. We, right. we did a little bit of uh, kotsch in German, you know. Um, weird but, stuff uh, no one needs to hear. Weird, st- weird, weird stuff <laughs> that no one needs to hear. The American accent of it for a German. Anyway, so uh, yeah, but I followed Jeff. And, and heard his ministry over every time he was at home, I would try to get to a, a dinner or whatever he was having to try to hear the reports. Cause I knew he was using basketball to reach young people. And he would tell stories of young people coming. And I, you know, honestly, I might've, I'm sure I heard your story mm-hmm. actually in the, one of those reports 
wild. Totally. God, I mean, we God does with them a lot. Yeah. I mean, and, all and, the and time. Al's home group, he was he would talk about that a lot. I know. So it was just those were always super inspiring to me. I'm a youth pastor. He's going to be a missionary in Germany to do youth ministry and plant churches, and it was just it was a super exciting. So. Yeah, we. Yeah. I'm sure I heard about it. Yeah. So what happened? Like soon after, um, I I kind of got like not fed up, but distracted by some people and by some ideas that sounded more amazing, and more inspiring than like being just a normal Christian, you know, going to church and doing some worship here and there, um, to actually start a band with a friend of mine who went to the same church, and uh, so I kind of moved away from the area where I used to grow up or grew up in and uh, in Berlin and we moved into the center kind of like the hip area of Berlin and then started this band called Vincent and you can actually find something on iTunes I think to is there still stuff yeah I music but you can find the album and pre-listen to some stuff so it's Vincent with a Z and then yeah. uh, it's German alternative rock and if you hear the voice that's me screaming my yeah. heart out and singing <laughs> my heart out at every song because it was like um, really like fast, hard, alternative German rock. Yeah. Not like uh, Rammstein, but like, uh, uh, right. like just us, yeah. you know, like me and the guys. And um, we really loved what we were doing. What year was that about? Man, that was like in uh, 2007 to nine or something like that. Okay. And we mm -hmm. toured like instantly when we started the band, we started playing gigs. Like we played, I think in two years, we for an unknown band, we played like 60, 70 gigs. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but basically what it means is like every second weekend you're somewhere, like two yeah, times, three yeah. times a month you're playing somewhere. And of course, more often the second year than the first year and uh, recorded uh, an album um, or an EP. And right at the uh, EP itself, when it was released shortly after that, I broke up from the band. I broke up my relationship to my girlfriend uh, that was a Brazilian. Um, and I wanted to move to Brazil and everything. And I was heavily involved already in smoking marijuana, like really, really heavily every day, all day, basically um, for a year. I know. So you had the, you had the munchies continually or what? Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the munchies. I never heard that. Yeah. If you had, if you smoke marijuana, you kind of get the munchies. That the means munchies. you're hungry all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, totally. I definitely gained some weight in that time. And that's where I got my belly from what I have still to till, till today. Yeah. I guess right. the metabolism changes instantly, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So can't recommend it. It's definitely mind altering. Anything. Right. I mean, just now that I know the word of God a little bit better, and I was always struggling with the thought, hey, everything that God has put on this earth we can use, right? That's the argument of some Christians that smoke. But I was like, man, mm. now I can see anything mind altering, like it's getting not drunk. Okay, yeah. Like yeah. getting drunk, not drinking alcohol, but getting drunk. Drunkenness. Wasted. Yeah that is and anything like that is not okay and for a reason i mean not because bad bad you but it does change yeah. your ability to judge situations and how you talk how you act and you will definitely fall into sin for sure so so i mean you know when when, when you smoke up or when right. you drink or whatever you've lost control of yourself you've lost the self-control of course, of course. i was lost. cussing up a storm my friends my friends that i loved thought you're nuts my smoking yeah. buddies i was cussing them up and actually i never talked about this it's really funny um, yeah. i was i just look back on this those times and i was like the filthiest mouth and when i was funny. high i was actually watching the worst horror movies demonic bad really? stuff 
I mean, have just we just to trip you out, sort of like oh, same, dude, the so same trippy, with porn, right? the same with having yeah. sex. I mean, all of that. I was really, really out there. I mean, did it all: drank, alcohol. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to do more. I did even LSD uh, like twice in Brazil when I visited wow. my girlfriend. So heavy heavy like so this is definitely i mean we were talking about sex drugs and rock and roll this is it exactly. this is life yep. bro yeah, and i okay. said when i broke up with my girlfriend back then before i started the whole rock and roll thing i had a lot of girlfriends as you can tell now not because i'm so proud of it more like i always went from one to another relationship that's another filler right for your heart mm. if you're not really into christ so much i guess uh you need some some other stuff to fill out your emptiness so um yeah and you do so i decided after that relationship ended i'm just gonna go a year now for rock and roll and went two and a half or three years almost um, what was the turning point then so so you, you're trying to live this rock and roll life after two years of breaking up with your girlfriend mm -hmm. what, what just hit it what, what was the thing that just just convicted you and brought you back to the lord again uh there was a three-day period i was asked actually to lead worship in that time uh, several times can you imagine so churches yeah. and ministries like the burn 24 7 i think they knew what was going on but they were still giving me a shot and giving were graceful and wanted me mm. like you better if you spend some time here it's still better than you just being at home and getting wasted or being out right. hard partying drunk but i would do these things not having any conviction of sin right I was so you were still kind of one foot in one foot out oh, of the church man, yeah, yeah living a dual like double standard lifestyle for yeah. sure i mean that was okay. like I love doing that. I love the worship. But what happened is that one day, and that always um, like turned me over to become a real, fully committed person in the Burn 24-7 movement in Berlin, is because I spent literally 24 hours in um, the house of the Lord, so to say, to worship, like really focus on praise and worship, read it like singing psalms from the Bible, and there's someone else worshiping up there. And then I would get my shot, my two hours where I would lead the worship, right. like maybe five to 10 people in the room. So it's not about the people, right? It's literally about the Lord. So that was the focus. And I did that for 24 hours. And after 24 hours, I had this interesting thought in my mind, hey, maybe uh, I should stop smoking marijuana. <laughs> so I feel like that was God's yeah. very like gentle nudge. Hey, you better stop that right you better it's probably better to stop it and it, it was, was like good, yeah was, that's a good was, idea it's like good it was my it was idea a, right it was a good that it was a gentle nudge not a uh uh swift smack i think he's never done anything swift smack like uh, uh like i've never felt a swift smack that's probably like how god at least it's operated patience. or or yeah patience and understanding and knowing where i'm coming from seeing the whole seeing the heart behind the person so he deals yeah. with you accordingly um yeah. however so i'm just glad that he didn't decide uh because i hardened wanted to harden my heart that he fully hardened my heart right yeah. Um, yeah. or turn away from him so he would fully give me over hand me over to sin but he actually saved me back then and i was still in his hands somehow I don't know how I walked away, but he still was there. Yeah. And then that moment basically changed a lot because then I started thinking in my heart and my mind, hey, I, I think I should clean up or sober up somehow. <laughs> and uh, I told that to Kim and Bree, whom I knew at that time back then. And then they started praying for me. It changed everything 
really everything mm-hmm. about my perception about the word, about who God is, my whole lifestyle changed. I made all these radical decisions afterwards, the right decisions to stay in Germany, to get uh, broken up with that girlfriend from mm-hmm. Brazil. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, stop smoking marijuana, moving out of my apartment. I had already quit my job, moved in with uh, my now mother-in-law and my wife mm-hmm. in their bigger apartment. And I joined the ministry full-time, started preaching the gospel in the streets. So there's a heavy, yeah. um, and there was a lot of Bible reading involved. There was a lot of um, like seeing yeah. things for the first time in the word that I've never seen before. After that, as a result that I was just mind blown. Wow, this is the word of God. Maybe we should take a whole section and do spiritual <laughs> warfare because I've because I've had uh, mm. experiences the same. You know, a real oppression on my own life as a youth mm-hmm. pastor during a time in youth ministry, and then seeing students, um, you know, a, a lot stuff, of experiences. Right? That, yeah, yeah, uh, really, uh, yeah. Demons are active. There's no right. question. They're yeah. active. There and, is a spiritual um, warfare. And of course, it's not the main topic right now, but that's yeah. kind of because you asked this the key what happened. Yeah. That what happened? That was a one defining moment. Like three days, I feel like I was raised back to life and yeah. I was rebaptized. I recommitted my life to Christ and haven't looked back since. Mm. You know, seriously, I mean, mm-hmm. then my pursuit of fame and the world of as a musician stopped and then i said okay i'm only going to do christian music from now on i'm only going to oh. be a worshiper of the lord so you mentioned the the burn 24 7 tell mm-hmm. us about that you t- t- said a little bit about it but um you got mm-hmm. into that i guess more more deeply than at that t- time right right so then of course i we actually started hosting events at this place that we were renting out it's called the, the garden or it was a little um, cafe in, in in the hip area of Berlin uh, mm-hmm. that functioned basically as a um, church room, Christian meeting room, gathering room that was not offensive to people that were not churchy, right? So mm-hmm. there's maybe another inspiration for church entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. uh, what you could do, like, don't look like a church on the outside. Uh, they yeah. come into the room and they're like, wow, what is this place? This is amazing, right? Not so much like for for how you designed it but like we had scripts coffee shop over. type stuff everything yeah. i mean we we just uh, uh yep. and just so to say the the loving accepting atmosphere that we created through just us being how we were and what we wanted to who we wanted to reach so that's what we did mm-hmm. there but what we did is we hosted the, these monthly events um in our cafe so we had like 12 to 24 hours of worship sessions in a row consecutive non-stop worship by many like when you have 24 hours you have 12 different worshipers or bands um okay. and it's all low-key it's like all acoustic all small like a horn guitar a little bit of piano singing two mics maybe that's it it's nothing big no show lights no nothing it's just literally basic stuff only focusing on the lord so we love that kind of grassroots Tilo unplugged right and yeah me and all these other guys that were amazing yep. and i love them dearly still till this day and um but yeah so we just worshiped and yeah. praised god and um continued to do so for the next 19 uh, not 19 years but like uh eight to nine years and i got really heavily right. involved as even becoming the leader of the burn in berlin uh, from 2018 to 19 and then obviously something happened that i yeah so i know exactly so i I know it's a relatively new development. Um, right. I don't want to um, out you, so to say, but tell us about your developments in your theology in the last right. maybe year, right? 
I guess, altogether a year, just about, isn't it? Totally, yeah. So it's since I think it all happened kind of in the time of March, April. So it's been only a couple of months that um, a couple of things happened that uh, in in our theological thinking and our understanding of the word of God and who God is himself and Christ is and um, the Holy Spirit is and what anointing is and all that stuff, right? So we have a lot of buzzwords and had a lot of buzzwords in the charismatic field where we're Mm -hmm. fully immersed. um, The whole thing, right? The whole, I loved, loved as a worshiper, you can imagine. I love, especially in the charismatic, the Bethel music. That's like the yeah. most influential next to Elevation Worship, next to Hillsong United or Young and Free or whatever is hip and new and out there next yeah. to all the German bands that are out there and really hip and, and new and great sounding and amazing like professional uh, appearance and everything. Uh, that's what I loved, loved, loved next to uh, United Pursued who did a lot of acoustic sets yeah. and uh, kind of like down to earth uh organic worship we called it back then and we just fell in love with that like that's so all we tell wanted. us what bethel is uh, for those listeners who are not aware right so bethel is one of those uh i yeah it's a mega church so to say right it's one church in california reading and yep. they um are basically the forerunners and the main influencers in the charismatic movement plus in the uh so-called nar which is the new apostolic reformation and you yeah richard you wrote a book about it and that's kind of how right. we got connected because of that and yeah. um there's a couple of things uh that um i found and it's probably interesting for you who's listening to find out yourself just to look into it who is christ for for bill johnson right who is he really is he fully god is he fully man do you get so you bill know, johnson being the pastor right the, that's right the, the senior leader for for bethel church right. in Reading, uh physically and he's a uh, worldwide um, recognized leader in the movement and you're saying you kind of got confronted with his teaching That's um, true. and one of the big aspects was who is Christ right right so thanks for putting it together so well yeah, yeah. I'm kind of jumping from one to the other thing yeah. nice yeah. cool to have that um we call it the, the rote faden right <laughs> the red so the red thread the yeah red exactly thread. exactly Keep so together so basically what happened, I was watching um, this documentary that I was presented with in, I think, back in March uh, of um, this year um, by my mother-in-law, uh, Kim. She introduced us to this documentary called The American Gospel. It's a really mm-hmm. well put together yep. uh, documentary about, in general, what the American gospel is and why there is such a thing and what the gospel of the Bible actually is. Mm-hmm. And then what we did with it over the time. I'm not saying what they did. But what we did with it and what we're doing with it constantly, probably if we're not following the Bible accurately um, to what what it says, right? So there's things to it and there's things taken apart from away from it. But then this guy, Bill Johnson, is being quoted of what he's written. So the film just gives a gives a kind of a sweeping um, view of the movement called the new apostolic reformation and a word of faith movement. Mm -hmm. It uh, it includes quotes from teachers like Bill Johnson, uh, Todd White, uh, the guy with the dreadlocks. Um, Who else? Uh, Benny Hinn, uh, Kenneth Copeland, some of those old timers in the movement. And they kind of gives those quotes and throws them in there to, to show what these guys teach and how it kind of stands in opposition to the, the true gospel. Yeah. What was really interesting there is to find then a quote by him 
where he said um, the miracles that Jesus Christ did, um, he didn't do as God. He did them fully as man, or he did him didn't do them. On, he only did them as man, and not as God. So taking away basically the divinity of Christ, which said a lot of like question marks. What did what did you just say? Wait, what? <laughs> did you yeah. really just say what you said, or did you really write down in that book what you wrote down? And this is like the stuff that I'm following or kind of like really influenced by like now I'm seeing what you're teaching as well next to the really cool stuff that you're teaching now you're teaching that that doesn't even fit yeah. together right where are you getting that from like that's doesn't right. sound like that's true or accurate according so to did you feel let me just ask you this is interesting so you're 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 in into the movement you're Bethel music you're leading you're leading a 24 7 uh worship ministry did you feel kind of like bait and switched sort of you know what I mean by that like um like you've been into this movement and it's like, wow, I'm, I'm totally uh, convinced überzeugt in German, you know, mm -hmm. you're totally convinced follower. And then all of a sudden you hear this, like, wait a minute, um, Jesus wasn't God. Like, wait, did he switch that on me? Mm -hmm. Did you feel so, sort of like uh, duped sort of, you know what I mean by duped? Right. Yeah, of course. Tricked. Of course, I know exactly what. Yeah, tricked. That's probably the best word right now for even for a German to understand. <laughs> um, um, well, it didn't dawn on me that quickly when yeah, I read that first. But what it did to me is what my logical conclusion. Maybe I can just like um, show that to you really quickly is. OK, so Bill Johnson is teaching this teaching that I believe to be false. And it's a made big deal. It's not a small thing. It's a big, big deal, right? To say mm -hmm. that Christ is not God at some point ever. In, in, in any way, yeah. yeah. In yeah. any way. So for yeah. me, that was clear the moment I heard it. So so now the Burn 24-7 in general has nothing to do with Bill Johnson, right? There is no mm -hmm. official yeah. affiliation. So who cares, yeah. right? What does that have to do with one one the Except other? Except that thing? you do you you sing you sing Bethel music, right? You do Bethel programs. You do NAR type. Um, totally true. Yeah, teaching. it didn't. All, all that didn't yeah. dawn on me. Right. On exactly. Yeah. Right. First point. So, but what happened is this too. So I realized. Okay, now I look into the leadership of the Burn Twenty Four Seven, the global leadership, and it's this guy Sean Feucht, who's uh, has a German name, uh, golden curly long hair. Um, beautiful. Really, really hair. interesting. Beautiful hair. Yeah, it's it's Lovely. stunning for a man. It's amazing <laughs> that a man can have hair like that. Especially, <laughs> yeah. Hey, saying that too. Don't talk. Awesome. Don't talk about no, me. Don't no, talk about. No, I don't no, want to hear. No, 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 no. I, I like your it. beard, man. I like your beard. It's great. <laughs> my my so, my red chrome dome is shining right now. Come on, come on. So uh, about Sean Foyt. So he was always friends with Bethel, which is not a crime, right? He was uh, invited to events and like. Um, hung out with some of the worshipers, but then a couple of years back, um, they invited him to move to Reading and to actually be part of the church. And now he's an official, even on the website, you can check it out. I don't know for how long he will be, but he's an official worship pastor or leader in their, yeah. um, in their church. So every other month or every month, at least a couple times, they produced uh, one of his albums that he just recently released. Um, they're releasing music videos of his. Um, they're producing everything of, of him. It's basically a big label, um, church um, production company yeah, at the same because, time. You, you, let, let's lay it out a little bit because they do have more worship artists under their, under their roof, right? 
right. mean, so Jeremy, Jeremy Riddle is there. Um, Sean Feucht, um, who else? Uh, the guy who wrote uh, A Reckless Love. Right. Um, you know, they have probably, I guess, I would guess, I haven't looked in a little while, but maybe 20 artists under their roof. Yeah, yeah it's crazy and it's growing still. I think they were always yeah. on the lookout. And then they literally, I think, through secondhand, I don't know if that's really true, but they made like a three-year contract at least for the albums. We're going to produce three albums with you and release them however all that is fine, right? But what happens now is, okay, I'm affiliated with the Burn 24-7 officially as a leader in Berlin. Yeah. I don't have anything necessarily against the ministry, what they do of worshiping 24-7 mm -hmm. a, a month, hosting this event. I don't agree with all of the teaching that's happening on the inside. Um, and of course, now more and more after all these months of researching and finding more things out about not only the Burn, but about... Um, what I did, what I believed, and then what the burn embodies and stuff. Of course, now I disagree with some of the major things that they teach, right? And I don't want right. to, I, I don't see it anymore, right? As this is the truth. Um, so, but my conclusion was, if I'm in the burn as a leader, and uh, Sean Feucht is a Bethel worship leader officially, then uh, everyone who will look to me um, looks up to like the leader of the burn, and can if they want to and because i'm affiliated with the burn 24 7 in berlin officially uh, a partner or, or whatever leader then they i agree with everything that's being said by sean feucht who's getting right. his main teaching from bill johnson in bethel, bethel, bethel. bethel. Mm -hmm. that means yeah. everything now that i believe um uh or when people look at me they say oh it must be okay to listen to the bethel yep. stuff it must must be okay what sean feucht preaches or believes because yeah. i'm fully on board right i'm like 100% supporting this. So I said, yeah, basically, yeah. I can't do this anymore. I have to leave right now. That's how I felt. I cannot wow. do this. If that teaching is really out there, and I know there's this one teaching, interestingly, coming from Sean Feucht and a couple other people too. They always talk about the man, Jesus Christ. And it's a very famous thing to say, I guess, or very uh, yeah. uh, like popular thing to say, how to phrase it, but the man, Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with that, but the same time it's like the focus is so much on the man jesus christ that i feel like right. what happened to jesus christ the god man jesus what about christ? the god yeah <laughs> the god man why don't yeah. can't you just add that right however i mean that's the small critics on the side right so let me ask you this in this time then okay was this a, a slow realization or was this like sort of like it unfolded in a in a, in a few weeks or something like, like in, that? i think in the same week and all unfolded and it became really really heavy very emotional to me as you can wow. imagine it's like being yeah. in a cult and waking up from like a, a, a dream, that's how it feels still look, looking back to it. It still feels to me like that. Like, wow, Whoa. my whole life, my family, my friends, my whole Christian circles, all of that. And it's completely immersed in, and not that they're not saved, but there is definitely something wrong. You know, I, I can't say for anyone who's saved and who's not saved. I feel like I'm saved, right? And I was in it. And uh, not that I've been born again, born again now. I don't feel that way at all. I but just you felt like really long. this heavy. There's a there was a heaviness, a long um, a, a recovery. I mean, you needed a, some sort of recovery time, and you're still in that, man. In, a, yeah. in some ways, right? For me, it's basically now looking into the Word mm -hmm. for what it really says, black and white. Then reading some of the old teachers, like old old teachers, even going to the church fathers. The, yeah. the what the Bible, like even the First Council says. Then some of the 
uh, like reformers, what they say. Yeah. I'm, I'm just digesting and eating a lot of stuff right now that I've never been really? interested in, I guess, because you're not encouraged to be interested in that stuff. Like you're becoming a Pharisee maybe, or like a religious person. Oh, be careful. Those Pharisees. Because like, you they're... start reading your Bible. And I, I mean, now I'm a fan <laughs> of the Bereans. I didn't even know they existed before I started reading yeah, yeah. that intensely yeah. because yeah. I want to search them day and night to find that these things are true that they're saying right that's exactly yeah. who i am right now in the state and i can encourage anyone who who has a bible start reading it man be, be a berean don't be a don't berean. yeah but be careful that pharisee thing is kind of uh contagious uh you don't want to mm -hmm. catch that the pharisee mm -hmm. fever so yeah uh, so you told us about your uh uh your really your theological yeah. development here in the last mm -hmm. little while um, but that led to some new, some really some new and fresh stuff. Um, we visit, when we visited you guys, we were able to be a part of your church. Um, you have uh, decided to, to kind of take it to the house, um, you know, and uh, tell us about that, your church startup there and right. what God's doing with you guys and um, maybe what you hope, hope that to become. Right. So since we've been um, a ministry together, I think Bree and Kim, my wife and my mother-in-law, they already came with this heart of home church, so to say. And so even in 2010, when I joined up with them, we already had our first home church in this cafe, right? So every Sunday we would meet at a certain time and have some folks around from the area, some children that would come in throughout the week. And we would just have normal service, basically. But the normal service looks different than a traditional church service. And uh, per se, like there's not one preacher. Obviously, we have teaching, we have worship, we have fellowship, we talk, we eat, but then we even go into the topics that uh, are shared. So that's kind of what we did back then. Then we had a long break because we moved into the motorhome. We gave up our homes, our jobs, everything, mm -hmm. and moved into this motorhome. So we were the only church that we had, but we continued the same way, right? Almost on a daily basis now. Mm -hmm. We would go into the word, we would pray, we would worship, we would uh, obviously talk, eat and talk together as a family. But then um, when we came back home um, to Berlin and moved back into apartments, then uh, the same thing kind of occurred in the house where we moved into. They already had a home church network, which was called Hoffnung or, or Hope, which is uh, this certain structure of church was only uh, is only established in Germany as a home church movement. In back in Malaysia, where it's originated, it's actually just a normal, normal church, but a mega church. Uh, I think they would call themselves a spirit-filled as well. And uh, mm -hmm. like now, the home church movement, Hope, is as well very active in the whole prophetic, charismatic. Uh, it's very, very open for all kinds of stuff. And my, uh, my goodness, yeah, I don't want to slander them. Just want to say what's happening. Right. And very questionable right. stuff is happening right now where I'm like, even as a charismatic Christian, I would be like, what are you talking about? You know, like fully immersed in it. I would still say, what are you talking about? That's kind of crazy. Okay. So let, let's, let's unpack sure. that for a second. <laughs> sure. Um, no, no, no. I, I'm with you, but let's say, okay. So you, you mentioned charismatic. <laughs> mm. um, there's, there's the theology out there. Uh, probably a lot of the, I, I mean, hopefully a lot of the, my listeners would understand the, the, the theology of continuationism versus cessationism right right so continuationism is the view that can that the gifts of the spirit have continued into this age beyond the apostolic age the original 12 right right and that not and then there's another view that says that those sign gifts like let's say the uh, gift of tongues 
the gift of uh, healing, the gift of uh, interpretation of tongues, etc., have ceased. They stopped mm-hmm. with the establishment of the canon of Scripture, the 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 putting together of the Bible. So that's the those are the two particular views. Um, what I want to say is um, this this whole NAR, New Apostolic Reformation, the Bethel issues, all these things. Are they, in your mind, um, cessationism, continuation, continuationism debate, or are they not? Are they open for a debate? You're saying, or well, no? Or, I guess, I guess. Maybe, maybe. Are, are we? Are we anti? We're, we're blamed. I'm. Mm-hmm. I am particularly blamed as being anti-charismatic. Oh, you're just against the sign gifts. You're just against. Right. Right. I see what you said. Is this that? Um. It is still as well that whole topic in general is still something that i'm almost on a daily basis still figuring out is that mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. what i think or i i actually practiced is that true today can that be true today how was that maybe was that wrong in some ways what was wrong about it um what was basically according to scripture right always okay. for figuring it out by scripture do I see it here? Is there a precedence? And is there a continuation right. of that today? And I do obviously not believe that the, the um, let's call, let's say the, the prophet, classical uh, sense of the Old Testament prophet that we call, um, what is that again? Uh, the, the, the office. The office of the prophet and uh, Old Testament prophet was like, designated i mean god chose his prophets there were many prophets at once uh some of them were wrong some few of them were right you know they were used for the kings and all that stuff however i don't believe that a true prophet old testament prophet nowadays still exists i i okay. have never seen so that there kind of you thing. go so that's so like you, the office of a prophet the, doesn't exist the office of a prophet and apostle right according to the new apostolic reformation says that the uh, the prophet and the apostle office mm-hmm. the official office still exists today not a gifting right. but an office and so in that sense we could say that those things have ceased right but we're not talking about i mean a true cessationism or mm-hmm. continuationism is um that the, the sign gifts the speaking in tongues etc has ceased mm-hmm. so are we i guess the my question is um are we anti-charismatic of course not I'm not. I I would totally agree with you there if you're on on the same uh, page. I do just not see that God doesn't do any more miracles through people. Mm. What I don't believe and what I've never seen happening like Jesus has done on pushing the button miracles, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Miracles. Like by just saying it, it just is not. I don't see it. It's always claimed out there. In the yeah. charismatic and the really far, let's say the far right camp of uh, NAR and so on, mm-hmm, claim mm-hmm. it like that's what we do. Yeah, we change the weather. Of course we do. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? we never fly in bad weather. You know, that kind of <laughs> exactly, thing. exactly. So the the question is, um, and with Jesus, I mean, what what were the point of Jesus' miracles? Actually, the point in the NAR is that we were we were be able to re- repeat them or to mm-hmm. recreate them as he did. The point of Jesus' miracles, John John records it clearly. He says, 
Christ did many more things that could not be recorded in this book, but these things have been recorded so that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So he did yeah. them for what reason? He did That's them he to all... prove that we could know that we are trusting in the Son of God, the, the second person of the Trinity, mm-hmm. eternally God, took on flesh and died in our place. These things have been done to prove and to confirm that he is God. That's right. Yeah. Not to not to say, I mean, yeah, I mean, we have the ability in Christ, if it is possible to say, Lord Jesus, heal this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We ask you for your mercy, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't promise it. He never promises it. Yeah, they would say the the healing and everything is bound up in the atonement of Christ. Mm. Never in this life is 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 true and complete healing and restoration physically promised in this life. It's promised in the next when we get our new bodies. That's right. Um, but anyways, so just as a kind of a clarification, mm-hmm. uh, this is not an anti charismatic like debate not at all. I mean, of course, right. there's things that I agree with and love about the charismatic movement and that I've been in the passion, the zeal for Christ, wanting to follow him with everything that you've got, giving everything that you have for him. Basically, there's a lot of people out there that are um, like being because of that zeal being used and abused spiritually and financially right. and being dragged into a rabbit hole of just bad stuff like uh, uh, losing losing all of their money right because they believe because they i have want to sow a seed of faith yep. i want to give mm-hmm. everything to god even my paycheck my full paycheck uh for the yep. next three months and i don't have anything to eat can't pay rent and everything but i know god is going to give it back in return because that's what's being preached to me so that's a, again the far end of prosperity gospel but that's out right. there too it's the part of it of the nar right. always connected with all these miracles because signs and wonder prove that we're right so we can preach whatever we want but the signs and wonders will still prove that we're right and that's why we have so yep. many signs and wonders and that's why you will see all these signs and wonders that you don't actually yep. see in the end. it's sad it's just sad. Right, right, right. the biggest craziest religious ponzi scheme that i've ever seen i haven't seen it before like for what it is now i see it and i'm like wow this is the best long con that some people are pulling off ever and they're still doing it officially well tilo said it here on churchpreneurs it is the biggest long wow um ponzi scheme i I can't disagree (laughs) uh wow um I'm, I'm with you. Um, mm-hmm. So this is your process, right? You're here. You're, right. you're, 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 you're removing yourself from the burn 24 um, seven, which I uh, have know the story, know the background. I confirm it in you. I confirm that you've done the right thing actually and leaving the burn 24 seven. So your worship is still worship, right? I mean, right. we're right. So, so, um, worship is not a, a wrong thing. Playing your guitar and singing. So let's let's take a shift in a sense um, in the discussion. To I want to get your thoughts on uh, worship. Um, we're going to put it like this: doxology. Mm-hmm. So doxology is the so there's orthodoxy and a theological perspective. Orthodoxy is the correct and proper. Um, 
view of God, the correct and honoring, actually orthodoxy, ortho is a is the Latin term for proper or correct. Mm-hmm. So orthodoxy is the correct view of God, the correct teaching of the church. And so we have our orthodox statements in the creeds, like you've mentioned before a little bit. Um, those are orthodox things that the church believes. Mm-hmm. Who is Jesus? That you know, um, who is the person of Jesus Christ? What has He done on the cross? And and then doxology is also the proper form of worship. Mm-hmm. So orthodoxy being the proper form of theology, doxology being the proper form of worship. Um, let me ask you this question: How does, in your opinion, now? where you come to, how does theology affect doxology? Mm-hmm. And how does doxology affect theology? So first of all, let's let's go with the first question of theology, how it affects my doxology or how right. my, right, my, belief, worship. my yeah. right belief about God change my worship. How does that affect the worship? Um, first of all, if it doesn't do anything with you, um, at all, like that if there is a theological understanding, a new one or an old one, whatever, and it doesn't do anything with you at all about God, that you feel anything about him or have no emotions about his greatness or no feelings, no awe, no fear, no, mm. then something is really wrong. Then you believe something or you think <laughs> of something, but you don't right. really understand what's going on. Like, yeah. first of all, if you have an understanding of God, then like, Let's let's just take his uh, the si- sheer size of him that's immeasurable, right? God is immeasurable. You can't put him in Immense. a box. Yeah. He says he holds the universe in the palm of his left hand. Man, that's a joke to yeah. him. Like the universe, he created the universe, and it's not yeah. even true. What they're saying is they're just giving you a picture that we can understand with our um, with with our understanding of being human, what a hand is and what the palm yeah. is. And what size that is to God and what the universe is. And back then they knew it until today, it's endless, right? To our understanding. So there's an endless yeah. space in his hand that is endless. That he holds in his hand. Just, yeah. So yeah. think about that alone <laughs> blew me away and still freaks me out to think of that because it makes me shudder. At the same time, it makes me be in awe and, uh, and wonder about him. So obviously there's this Old Testament uh, belief still that, or it was this Old Testament view. I'm just reading through it right now. Um, the God of the heavens or God in heaven and we're on earth, right? So, but what does that even mean right now? We understand the heaven isn't only like in the sky under the, behind the clouds, but what they meant right. was the heavens of heavens, his dwelling place that we can't even see, can't even know where it is. So this yeah. topic alone, the greatness of God, the size of God, if that doesn't make you like uh, stutter and uh, uh, like say something about him, then mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. is wrong with your, like what theology does to you. So understanding God has to have the outcome, like the outcome has to be worship in some way or another. If you just want to say it, if you just like, if you want to sing something, if you just fall flat down and uh, lay on your back and you just can't believe it, like true awe, true just awe of his size. Let's say that, right? His size is immeasurable. You can't even put Mm -hmm, a finger mm -hmm. on it. So if that doesn't do anything for you, and that's just one of the characteristics or doctrines about God, he's immeasurable done. And if that, I mean, let's take this uh, for me right now, um, 
the immutability of God has, has been, it's been about a year theme for me. Maybe he does you could not, say, you could, yeah, maybe you he could does not change. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Um, I, the Lord do not change. Therefore you children of, of, of Jacob are not destroyed. That's a scripture. I, what? I am God. I change not. That's why you sons of Jacob aren't destroyed because I don't change. So the immutability, I mean, maybe work that out a little bit. Why, how would the immutability, the unchanging nature of God affect mm -hmm. our doxology? How should it? Cause we don't know what that means as well. Like if we would re okay. So let me phrase it like that. <laughs> the immutability. So God doesn't change. is something so foreign to us. If we think we again can have like a stunning reaction to that, like we're stunned. What do you mean by that? Like there's nothing that doesn't change. Everything around us uh, around us changes. Yeah. Everything decays. We decay. Um, things move all the time. And then mm -hmm. God says, "By the way, I'm so different from you. You have no idea. I don't change. It's just for me. It's my like this little bit." it's like a, like a little corn of truth about God that blows like everything up that you understand yeah. about the universe. Cause there's right. nothing else that doesn't change. Everything constantly is a movement changing, uh, becoming something God is done. He's always been done. And that's, I guess yeah. if, if that doesn't do anything to you again, then you're like not understanding how, what kind of a statement that is like, again, I love that. So God's going, done. He's always he, been he's done. Always been done. He's always, that's why he says I'm the beginning and the end. I, yeah. I everything. And yeah. he, that is a statement that should make you like write 20, 30 worship songs. What does it mean God to be everything? Yeah. Everything. What? I mean, then you go into it. Right. So, so here's a you, true worship we're talking about. Like right. the of worship is coming out like just, man. Just coming, flowing right just, away. Like should give just you such packed. an inspiration to write, write thousands and thousands of songs or something. And then is there a moment though where you're just truly speechless? I mean, as a worship, as a songwriter yourself, uh, is there a time when you come and you just say, you just sit and, and there's no words anymore? What, what, what? What's that like in doxology? Have you come to that point ever? I mean, there is a moment in the Psalms that you might remember, and I don't know if that's uh, a uh, if that was spontaneous or they documented it afterwards or it mm -hmm. was planned. Mm -hmm. But the moment of Selah, you remember that is like ah, this yeah. musical pause. Pause, but I don't think it was a pause because in the music, we believe or what we believed in the past, it was like music was continuing. And the worshiper himself had a moment of pause of entering into what he just did, what he just said to God. And then yep. usually what happens after the Selah is a change of uh, uh, vision. Like what we mm -hmm. see in David a lot is he would go into um, complaining about his state of being right now. What happened to him, <laughs> right? Anything that yeah. was happening to him, he would just say it. Yeah. Like, God, you're, you're my diary basically. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's almost like he used it as a diary or used him as a diary, wrote the things down, set the things out, what were really bothered by him. And now, um, there's a Salem moment. It's quiet. He has a moment maybe to internalize what he just did. And now I focus on God, like the quiet, 
I guess, so there, there's this thing that I found about, um, there is a quiet moment and where God maybe is moving, where God is speaking something, where he brings peace to his situation. And that moment he's like, wow, you're meeting me in this place. That word doesn't make any sense to have peace. Um, now I, I, now I can say all these things again, but first, I, I guess so that's the one part of mm-hmm. came to my mind right away when you said uh, silence uh, that's biblical yeah. on the other hand me personally um, just there's like moments where you're overwhelmed emotionally about a truth or that how can God look at me right like who am I that you're um, looking upon me or that you're saving me mm. how, I don't deserve it and coming to that point again the deserving God's grace, you don't deserve any of it. Like that's, that's what yeah. grace is. It's something undeserved. So. Yeah. Weeping, been, um, just, just, just sitting, just. So yeah. it's, it's sometimes <clears throat> weeping. It's sometimes just like, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've said, or I've said it all. Let's say I had this two yeah. hour set of worship. Don't have I've anything else to say. I have nothing else. I'm empty now. Right. So, and then all that comes to my mind after like five to 10 minutes of silence of just playing maybe, or, silence uh where i sing holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and is and is to come so i take the bible as a reference again because now that's now that's an interesting theology that works itself out in what the angels sing before the throne they continually sing holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and is and is to come and they can of worms for me man that's my don't get tired of it they don't you know i mean I kind of, I do kind of have to say, I get a little bit of uh, Chris Tomlin, uh, you know, where it's like, really? Five times the same chorus? How many times do we need to sing that bridge? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, (laughs) but the angels don't get tired of Mm -hmm. the same chorus for all eternity because they stand before the holiness of God. They're directly, they see it. Yeah. Did you oh, ever yeah. think about, I mean, of course, it's very obvious because it's like a typical thing. It's so so um, known and famous about the angels with all the eyes over their wings, but they're mm-hmm. hiding themselves, but they're still like they're even hiding their faces and their bodies, but then they have eyes all over to see God anyways. It's so interesting that they're like, don't have like, okay, they're shielding their heads and we think of heads having eyes. So we're shielding everything from God that we own and have with their six wings. Two are flying and four are hiding their bodies. And then um, the rest is basically that all the eyes are seeing God's glory everywhere and got what God is doing, who, where he's moving, who he is. I mean, constantly. And then, of course, uh, what the elders do, right? They say, OK, they bow down then as well. The 24 elders and throw their crowns before God in, in the throne room there. And then all of heaven is uh, doing the same thing and kind of like rejoicing. And then, it, and, the, and then it says every time they did this, right? It's not once, this one time they did this, but every time they did this, they would sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. And then I, I, I get it. I've never seen it, but I totally yeah. get it. And I feel like I've been almost like in this time of the Burn 24-7 movement, um, I can say there have been these intense times, so to say, where we felt like we are there in a sense. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it is true, but it's just like a maybe we're singing ourselves into a rush of that or wanting it so bad, you know? Um, right. However, so then that's my question. Then it comes right. to do we whip ourselves? Does the movement, um, which the NAR is kind of really, you know, with with drum right. beats and blah, 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 you know, and just kind mm-hmm. of this 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 full on 
rhythmic mm-hmm. train coming at people for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find this maybe another something to unpack elsewhere, but do you find, are you, are you trying to find a balance with that to not manipulate, to not manipulate nice. people into, into following, into going to a place emotionally where they become, mm-hmm. um, like addicts, you know, right. um, sort to of feeling, uh, to an experience. Yeah. Well, yeah t- tell course. us about that a little bit, maybe. I mean, it's, it's, it varied from, from set to set and throughout the years where my understanding and my, let's say, walk with the Lord um, through the Bible, but in worship as well has changed so drastically from preparing massively for two hours. I'm always taking this two hour set, right? I'm preparing massively for two hours with 20 songs, right? Yeah. I went to not preparing one song, just coming as I am and singing out my heart to him. You know, mm-hmm. the authentic, just me. I don't have anything else to give. All these other songs can't describe what I'm feeling about you and what just I think about you. Just me and the guitar, you. yeah. And just mm-hmm. me and the guitar. And of course, sometimes you would appear with a band and then immediately when you have a bass drum and when you have a drum set, I mean, everything gets a little bit more rocky and a little louder and a little faster immediately mm-hmm. just because. And then other musicians drive it too, right? They want the same thing. Like they're getting- They're trying to get you, somehow, get that train going. So let's, yeah. just, let's just say we're, we're musicians. We enjoy what we're doing as a craft and then um, in, implement that in worship as well. Uh, I don't have anything against that, but to use it um, forcefully to get people into a state of, let's, let's say trans-like worship, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done that many times. Uh, I know how to do it. Are you pulling back from that a little bit now, uh, or what, totally what? How do you because, feel? Yeah. Because I don't have, um, I'm still coming to the point of, and that's probably again another topic, uh, but a big one that's changing right now from me thinking that I'm an anointed worshiper, as people have called me for many, many years mm-hmm. and complimented me with, not just mm-hmm. gifted, but actually there must be an anointing on me, like a prophetic. A musician that comes down from the mountain with King Saul. I'm one of those guys. That's how it felt. Mm. Seriously, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm one of those with the mm. guitars and whatever instruments and just prophesying. You know, I'm a prophetic worshiper. That's did how you I feel? Did you feel being set up um, for for this this type of thing? Do you feel like you were they were setting you up? Um, in a negative way, you mean like uh, they're like setting you up to be the next. Um, the next whatever I, yeah. what i felt a lot by some people um in the small sense i can't say on the big stage in that sense but here and there on some conferences they would actually call me in to bring the presence of god in mm-hmm. so that's basically like my job to be the me okay this is super crazy but this is the tr- full truth what i believe is happening um in mm. especially in the really radical worshipy and I just want to say charismatic, NAR, whatever types, like uh, the worship leader is there to be the mediator between God and the corporate uh, gathering. Right. So we're basically uh, like we're bringing in the presence of God through our worship. Like we do that because you that's what I was told the whole time that I am doing that. And mm-hmm. I felt like, yeah, I'm doing that. You know, like everyone can mm-hmm. feel it. I can feel it, whatever we felt. And then, yeah, I must be doing this, right? So I'm the person, the key to this event that yeah. brings in the presence of God 
Yeah. the keys to heaven in a way, brings heaven down with his worship, with his singing, with his emotion, with his passion, with his band, with his talent, everything, with my own anointing, right? Because mm -hmm. God has picked me, handpicked me for that. And then um, I'm the mediator between, again, yeah. corporate gathering, hundreds or ten or thousands between God and them, and then just to... Uh, and then just to enter into the throne room with them together, right? I would bring them there. That's my yeah. responsibility as a worship leader. And then to enter into the throne room with them together. So we would. And that's a big, things. that's a big theme in, in Bethel. And it's, uh, you know, Bill Johnson's thing. Throne, throne room experiences is what they call it. And so, um, yeah, uh, Tilo, this is, this is, this maybe even needs another whole totally. whole whole uh, podcast for this, but um, as you can man, see, yeah. yeah, we could unpack this for 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 another uh, right. probably another whole show, and maybe we should do that. But um, yeah, uh, wrap it up with maybe one thought. Mm -hmm. um, tonight we're getting late. Uh, we're we're sure. at uh, past our way past our bedtime, you know, as as That's our right. fathers. <laughs> and so uh, we'll wake up early. So right. Anyways, Right. Wrap it up with one thought that you'd love to give our, our audience. Appreciate you taking us on your journey now, especially um, coming out of the 24-7 burn. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a tough decision for you, I know, and it was weighty and heavy. But take us with, with one thought that, that, that maybe, um, and maybe even a scripture that you would love to share. Appreciate you taking us through the Psalms a little bit. So uh, maybe one thought to close us up. Well, um, I guess the most important thing for me was and still is, um, if you know the scripture and you have the right theology, what you were starting off with, you're asking me this question. How does your theology affect your doc doxology? How do you, how does the thing that you know and believe about God um, affect your worship? I think you can only have a right theology being in the word yourself and then let that impact your life so much that nothing, I mean, there has to be worship coming out of you. I'm just asking myself all the time, um, like, how can people not, like, that see this thing that I'm seeing, how can they not just burst out and, wow, this is mm -hmm. amazing, right? Like, Christ really died on the cross for us, and he paid for the sin of men. So, in a nutshell, know the word and let that affect you in your heart, not just your brain, mm -hmm. academically, scientifically, theoretically, which I love so much and i would love just to do this every single day in mm -hmm. my mind but it has to go into the heart and if it doesn't go into the heart then something is missing because that's your relationship with the lord it's mind soul heart body everything that you mm -hmm. are um has to um worship god has to be affected by god so um mm. holistic you the whole you has to be affected if you're not holy affected by it then something is missing i just encourage you um no condemnation i've been there we're all there we're not done god is done we're not done yeah so let that be an encouragement to you um and i i'm on the same path and i'm yeah uh, happy to do it it's the most delightful walk with the lord to be affected by his word and to express yeah. that back to him how much we love him because of it Tilo Teschendorf has been our guest today. Thanks so much, Tilo, for coming on, taking some time here. It's been a, quite a, we have two shows, so Dude. I've got a lot of material now. <laughs> Thanks for that. This has been Church for Nourish. Thanks for listening uh, to our podcast. You can find out more information at my website, richardpmoore.net. 
and I also blog at richardpmore.blogspot.com. Or you can also follow me at Twitter if you like, if you're a Twitter head. My handle's at richardpmore23. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for a podcast, please reach out on one of those platforms. God bless you and take care until next time.